This episode is brought to you by The Eating Expedition, hosting food-focused trips and experiences around the world. We take being a foodie up a notch. Farms, factories, food trucks, fine dining, and firsthand experiences guide our conversations with folks in the food world as we get a behind-the-scenes look into different food cultures and celebrate the connection that food provides. And we are headed back to Northern Italy. Grab your bestie, your mom, your partner, and join me, Morgan Sinclair, for a trip of a lifetime from September 25th to October 5th, 2023, as we experience the cuisine and food culture of Northern Italy, including Parma, Modena, Cinque Terre, Broth, and the Piedmont wine region. Head on over to theeatingexpedition.com for trip details and to sign up. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, weight-inclusive innovators. Welcome back to the podcast this week. We have another episode for you. Today, we're going to be chatting about two different ways to track your business finances. We're talking about QuickBooks, my favorite, and spreadsheets. We've all been there. And which ones are right for you in the stage of business you're at. But before we dive into all of that good stuff, we're going to check in with Morgan as we do. Hey, Morgan. Hello, hello. What are your business highs and lows this week? This week is a fun one because I am hosting a conference in three days and that has been consuming a good chunk of my brain. We have gotten quite a few more signups since last week's episode that we recorded. So that feels good. And we have space to do day of registration. So we're hoping that people will like invite their friends last minute and want to come. Yay. When you are listening to this podcast episode, listeners, Morgan will have already completed the conference and that's awesome. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be done and over with until next year. (laughs) Then we rinse and repeat and do it all again. You know, it's wild. We had this conversation last year on the podcast talking about the conference because it's been over a year since we started this. That's bananas. That's bananas. I was thinking about that today of how just like so damn proud of us. I am about how consistent we've been with this. It's just wild to me that we've kept this up. Okay. I totally agree. And I was actually thinking about that with the newsletter in particular related to this project, because I'm the woman behind the newsletter show. And this week I was a day late because I'm going to blame it on the holiday. Did it go out this week? It did. It went out yesterday. Oh, I don't remember getting it. I'll check that. Maybe you're not on our list anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we did switch everything over to a new account. So I'm going to make we sure did. Get left we off did. <laughs> yep. Nope. I sent it out yesterday. It went out at like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something like that. But I got back on. Anyway, I'll tell my part in a minute. We're still talking about you. But yes, proud of us for consistency um, and that we've been doing it for a year, which means that we've produced over 50 episodes, which we already knew. And we have sent out over 50 newsletters. Wild, wild. Anyway, none of that was related to my high. The conference is, I'm actually going to throw in, well, conference is a high. I am very excited to host the conference. I have other highs, but while we're on the topic of the conference, we realized that we made a grave error in our contract. Contract with? The conference center that we're hosting the conference at. Uh oh. So we were under the impression that when we signed the contract, we just like gave them a rough estimate number of who we like, how many people we thought would show up. And we were told that we had 10 days. All we had to do was let them know 10 days before the event with an updated headcount. What we didn't realize was in the contract, it said, whatever number you sign the contract at, that's what you're committing to. So that number can go up but it can't go down. 
And so we were really ambitious with our number of attendees that we thought would attend. And we told them 200 and we only have 125 signed up right now. So we're having to pay for food for 75 people that aren't going to be there. Oh no. Yeah. So it's yeah. Hannah and I were just like, lesson, lesson learned, which was very confusing because they did email us after we signed the contract and said, cause we asked them, we're like, when do you need the final headcount by for everything? And they said 10 days before the event. And so we did email them 10 days before the event with the updated number. And they're like, we're still going to have to charge you for 200 people. And we're like, I'm sorry, what? So Yeah, we're in talks with them right now because they were like, we're so sorry for the miscommunication. We'd love, (laughs) this is what gets me. They're like, we'd love to elevate your experience and provide a more gourmet breakfast and lunch and additional snacks. Or you could not be an asshole and you can realize that you were given 10 days notice and just make less food. Literally. What is that? them back and was like, you know, I see where the mistake was made. I reread the contract. This was confusing because the response that we got an email was this. I appreciate the offer for an elevated food experience, but as a nonprofit, like this is, this is going to suck. And so basically like whatever money you're spending to elevate the food, can we just like take that off the 200 attendees. Like if you're willing to spend more money on food, I feel like you should like, that's the same in my brain financially as just taking that cost off. Right. Yep. Yep. 1000%. Um, how much money will it be per person for food? I don't have the breakdown of that. And I don't know if I'm allowed to share this number or not, but we're going to share it. For the venue plus food, we're paying $27,000. I just threw up in my mouth a little. So needless to say, we're probably not ever going to host an event at this venue again. Oh my God. That is so ridiculous. Have they gotten back to you since you emailed them? As of like an hour ago? No. Damn. Ugh, it's just like, it's just like a pit in my stomach. Like we're going to be fine. Like it's going to be okay financially. Like we had a little bit of wiggle room and we had planned on, like we used the 27,000, but we were just like, oh, that number will go down whenever we give them our final attendee count. And like, now it's just not going to go down. So that really sucks. And yeah. I'm I'm glad you said something to them around like this is a nonprofit. Like mm-hmm. none of us are getting paid to plan this. So right. why right. why are you taking advantage of this? This sucks. Like yeah, and at the end of the day like it is our fault. Like it does say that in the contract. It was just like we didn't really pay much attention to that because we had asked that question like verbatim over an email and got the response. And so there was just, yeah, it was just like a miscommunication, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, like it sucks. Cause like, it is our fault. Like it is in the contract. We should have yeah, read it more closely. Um, anywho, that's the low it is. That's it's going to be low. okay. But it just like, I just like, I'm like frustrated with myself that I didn't catch that. It's okay. so hard that I just have one last thought because yes. when we're talking to our listeners and people we do business coaching with, and we're talking about clients who cancel and things like that, we're like, nope, relentlessly charged. So like mm-hmm. part of me understands that of like, fuck, totally. I did sign this thing. It just really sucks the context of it. So just right, holding right. space for that of, yeah, maybe it's not necessarily wrong that you have to pay it. It just fucking sucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what it is. I think more than anything, like if they were like, nope, sorry, like you have to pay for it. Like, yeah, it's like, I would have sucked it up and then like, yeah, my, my mistake. And now I know for the future, I think what's getting me is the fact that they offered to elevate our experience. And I was like, I know you're going to be spending more money on that. So just take that off the cost. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. I'll come back next week with an update. Size of the week. 
I uh, got video footage from the eating expedition trip. And I literally almost started crying yesterday watching it. So had a photographer. She was incredible. I have over a thousand beautifully edited photos and I'm working on putting together marketing material ads, things like that for the upcoming trip. And I was like, man, like everyone's wanting videos now. And so I had asked her if she had the videos because she, she brought a, I think it's called a gimlet, gimbit, gimlet. I don't know. Something like that. It's basically like the size of an electrical toothbrush, but like cut in half, but like the width wise of it. And it's essentially like a 4k camera, like a high, high definition. I don't know the difference between 4k and high definition, but it's like a really good camera and it's stabilized. And so like, it's this like little itty bitty camera that produces like incredible video content. And she sent me, um, she's in the Maldives. And so Wi-Fi is just like not super great. And so it's been really hard for her to like get everything transferred and uploaded, but she sent me like five minutes of footage from Parma and she sent me five minute footage from Cinque Terre. And then she's working on Florence right now. Oh, that's going to be so awesome and helpful for marketing purposes. So people can actually see yeah. what it's like, envision themselves there. Cause there is yeah. something, I mean, that's what we've learned from TikTok and reels, right? Like there's something our brains want more from videos and sound than just pictures. Exactly. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I met with a friend who specializes in PR on Monday and she gave me some tips on how to do Facebook ads. <laughs> if you've been following along on my Instagram journey, I'm teaching myself how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. And it is a pain in my ass. Uh, they make it like there's like great step-by-step instructions, but it is just like a whole other language, a whole other software to have to learn how to use. And so I met with my friend Bianca to, uh, figure out kind of how to do that. And I showed her some of the footage today and she was like, oh yeah, like make one of those. And she was like telling me, she goes, you know, aim for a 30 second video. No one's going to watch past the first eight. So make sure you have the best content in the first eight seconds, but should they watch on in 30 seconds? And then if you wanted to do a minute long video to do some like AB testing, that could be an option as well. And I was like, thank you for those like very specific numbers to aim for. That is so helpful for my brain. We love tangibles. We love tangibles. And then my other high, my last high, and it's like not super business related, but this is the last podcast I'll be recording before I am a 30 year old. Woo woo. Happy birthday. Almost. Yeah. Last episode in my twenties. I'm like trying not to get too nostalgic about things, like say big statements like that, but I'm also like so fucking excited for 30s. So what are you excited about with 30s? I think part of it is that people are like, Meh, I'm turning 30. I'm going to miss my twenties. And that kind of negative energy just doesn't sit right with me. And so nope. I want to be the ultimate hype girl for my thirties. I love it. But from the things that I've been hearing thirties are the year where we like prioritize ourselves, don't care about what other people think and like say yes to us. And I feel like I've already kind of started that in year 29. And so I'm like really excited to continue that in 30 and I'm going to Spain for five weeks. And so like my <laughs> theme of being able to work from anywhere in the world is like coming true right after I turn 30. And that just feels like a great fucking way to go into my 30s. Oh, that is so amazing. And I'm so happy for you. I feel like there's been less rhetoric around that with 30s because I'm I'm totally with you. That's what I heard for a long time. And it's always people who are like, maybe in their mid to late twenties that are like, ah, thirties approaching, but people who are actually in their thirties and above, I don't feel like anyone's like, oh, my thirties. I think everyone's like, oh no, I have a better sense of self. I know who I am. I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I have relationships in my life that are actually good and healthy. Um, and this is who I am and fuck early twenties, especially like I, there's no way in hell I would go back to my early twenties. I don't miss that time at all. I didn't know shit. I, I wouldn't want to be who I was then. Now I'm very happy with like 30 year old Morgan, (laughs) 30 year old Morgan's pretty fucking awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I can't wait to celebrate with you. I'm fucking coming to Houston. I am. When you're listening to this, it'll be the week that I am on my way. It'll be the day after you get back home. What? Oh my God. Okay. So 
when you're listening to this, I'll have just visited Morgan. Yay. Yay. More in-person time. And you'll have experienced your first Houston rodeo. Oh my gosh. Yes. We'll report back. (laughs) We'll report back. I'm so excited to bring you to the rodeo and show you like the few weeks out of the year that like honky tonk cowgirl Morgan comes out. (laughs) But it's really only going to be one night because I'm going to Spain. So (laughs) can't wait to see it. Um, I really am feeling drawn to get some cowboy boots, but I just don't want more stuff. So I'm like, can I rent these from somewhere? What else am I supposed to wear? I don't I'll know. I'll ask around. Okay. I'll ask around. I might have some friends who have some some cowboy boots that you can borrow. All right. What are your highs and lows? <laughs> oh, I'm going to start with my lows as well because you started with your lows. Uh, okay. So I've been freaking the fuck out this week because we're still having cash flow issues. And when I'm saying I'm freaking out, I really don't need to freak out, but it's just my brain is like, why are we not cut up yet? Why am I still having to pull from our nest egg and then replenish it every single two weeks to make payroll? And I met with my financial planners this week and they were like, why don't you look back at last year in QuickBooks and see where you were at? Like, how was, how is this month going as it was last year? I looked back, we're doing even better this year than last February. So I think my brain just forgot that February is also a rough month um, as well as January. And so do you that made me feel, do you think it's because it's a shorter month? Um, that could be part of it. And I just think like people are still in holiday mode as far as like, nah, I don't want to get back to my life yet or doing the things I need to do, like kind of just flying by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And we're also in a really weird point of the year. And I actually think I remember this happening last year too, of just people are being laid off. Um, the tech mm-hmm. that's going on majorly in the tech space. Oh yeah. Um, people are preparing to enter a recession. We're not in one yet, technically by the GOP standards, but we're heading that way. Yeah. And I think people are just holding on to their resources and also with deductibles and insurance restarting for people. That's another way where they're like, oh, I no longer only have a $20 copay. I have to meet my deductible first. So like, Mm -hmm. I need to take a few steps back until I do that. So all of these factors, also it's cold and nobody wants to, I don't know why we don't want to be in sessions when we're cold. We don't want to be in sessions when we're warm either. Honestly, I just feel like everybody's being avoidant. (laughs) So yeah, we're just riding the wave and I'm trying not to freak out. We're fine, but I'm just like, okay. Where's the clients? We're going to start marketing harder and bumping up our Google ads and doing what we can. We're waiting to get some marketing material that we collaborated with um, a really awesome eating disorder branding company who does cutesy little wheels and items. I'll share more about them when the, when the pieces come in, but we're excited about that. that. Yes. And so um, we created some marketing material with them. So I'll share more on the pod once we get them in hand. So I'm hopeful for that change, but right now cash flow really fucking sucks. Mm. We're doing we have more revenue than last year this time. So that's what I just have to keep remembering. And then my other low, this is this is big news. Are you guys ready? I'm stopping seeing clients starting May 1st. And by the time this airs, all of my clients know. And so I wanted to share with you all that it makes the most sense. For my group practice, me and leadership, kind of steering the boat, making decisions, it doesn't make sense for me to do client work anymore. And it's really holding back the practice and impacting my team for me to keep having a day of client work, even though I'm only seeing four or five clients a week. It's just taking me out of the brain space that I need to be in to show up for my team, to grow the practice, to do the consulting work that I'm doing. And so I made that hard decision that I'm going to do that starting May 1st. Ugh, such a tough decision yet one that, I mean, I don't know if we've mentioned it a ton on the pod, but you and I have had a lot of conversations about just kind of like what that time looks like. And with your 2023 word being space and being able to create more space in order to support the business in the best way possible, like seems like a really tough decision, but also a very thought out and much needed one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had been seeing clients for five years, which is a long time and also not a long time at all. 
But what I kept kind of hitting a roadblock with is I am feeling like I can't be the clinician that they deserve when my brain is in so many other places. And I love the work. I love the cause. That's why I have a company where other dietitians get to work for me and be part of the cause. I just always have felt like I'm to do the higher level stuff of creating opportunities and supervising and supporting and making a bigger impact than only me doing one-on-one work. And I don't say that in a, this is better if I'm this kind of way, because clinicians are fucking awesome and we need them. But for me, I want to make big impact on a big scale for lack of a better word. And I need to do that in a behind the scenes running the ship kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Proud yeah. of you for making that decision. I know it's Thanks. a tough one, but yeah. Shout out to um, my therapist and <laughs> Fiona Sutherland for helping me with this transition and helping me gather my thoughts. Um, I feel like really supported and yeah. So May 1st, I'll be done seeing clients. And then May 7th, I graduate from grad school. You have to say that's going to be a big month of transition. It's going to be a big month. And then I'm taking some time off. Um, I might be changing some plans with my trip, which I will, we'll save that for another day because it's a whole other big thing. So we'll, I'm saying is that I really want to go to Buenos Aires. (laughs) Oh, we can do that part still. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I just, Okay. I'll just start telling the story. So, and this is part of my highs is, um, I went on a van trip this weekend to Crested Butte. My partner and I, we rented a van. Maybe one day we'll tell the story of Ector on the podcast, but I'll just put a, I'll put a little plug there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ector's my partner and we really want to get a van together. We're both really into sport. We love skiing. We love climbing all the things. And so we're like, okay, let's try van life and see if we like it. And if we can tolerate it with the two dogs. And so we rented a van. We went to Crested Butte. It was fucking awesome. The skiing down there is great. It's beautiful. And we're like, okay, we really want a van. So we're starting to shop for used vans and it's really fun, but also really stressful. But if I decide to move my Latin America trip, which I think that's what I'm leaning towards. And I'll explain the details on that later. Um, I think I'm going to hopefully have the van by then and take it somewhere for a couple weeks, whether we go to Baja or we go to somewhere to climb or I don't know, but just to save a little bit of money since we're going to be putting money into the van and also just because it sounds awesome. So that might be a little shift in my plans, but we're shopping for a van. Right now, I'm currently Googling how long the drive is from Denver to Buenos Aires. <laughs> oh my God. That's oh, going to be please. like 40 hours. No, we will be flying down there. Google maps don't even pull it up. Google maps is like not possible. Don't even try. Like, don't, don't do it. Yeah. That is really far. Well, I was thinking it would be winter in South America. Mm. So I was like skiing in Argentina or Chile. I don't think they have good skiing. Okay. Don't know. I mean, I'm down, but I think it's a you thing. would know way, way better than I would. <laughs> if you find a mountain we can ski, I'll go. Twist my arm. Okay. Um, I'm not a great skier, so I don't know how a lot of work. Uh anywho, very excited for you. Very excited for van life. Love that you loved it this weekend. I very much can see you thriving in a van for van life. Yes, it'll be, we're going to be weekend warriors and a couple weeks trips. Sometimes we're not going to live in it full time, at least right now, but we're going to try it out. And we're really excited because (laughs) the dogs hold us back so much, like finding somebody to watch them and then paying somebody. And it's places that we're always doing outdoor stuff. So we'd rather be able to bring them. And so it just makes sense for us. It's not going to save us money by any means, but at least we can bring the dogs. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, I will report back when we get a van. I love that. Yay. And then my other high is I'm just surviving, to be honest. That was going to be my first high. And then I was like, well, I'll share this personal life high. Um, This week is a doozy. 
to fucking dizzy. As of today, you're over halfway through the week. So yes, the hardest day will be tomorrow, but I'll get through it. You'll get through it. We always do. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. A few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about just kind of a brain dump of where our thoughts were with money and finances and fun things like that. And today we really want to zoom in a little bit more on the business side of things and talk about tracking business finances and talk about some tools that we have strong different feelings between for different points in business. So we're talking QuickBooks, which we love. We're talking spreadsheets, which we use and sometimes love and sometimes hate. And sometimes I'm like, what was I even trying to do in this spreadsheet? I love spreadsheets. Yes. Okay. We are a polarized house over here. And I'm sure some of my business coaching clients are listening to this right now and rolling their eyes as well because they were probably in a spreadsheet. And then I was like, mm, what are we What are we doing here? And then now they're on QuickBooks. So I think there's a time and a place for each. I totally agree. I totally agree. Tell us about your journey tracking your business finances. Well, I started Morgan Sinclair Designs unofficially in 2017 and any money that I made in 2017 all of 2018 and all of 2019 was in my personal bank account tracked by because I didn't officially make it an LLC until 2019 what did you do were you a sole proprietor or just nothing couldn't tell you. Don't remember. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Honestly, I wasn't making more than like 2000 bucks though. Like then, like that, it was not a priority for me. Like it was just like a little bit of extra cash here and there. I actually might've made more than $2,000, but I didn't, wasn't making a lot of money. And I probably claimed it on my taxes. Don't really know. IRS don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all got bigger fish to fry. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, it was all in my personal bank accounts, but it was all in my Ally savings account. And I have had and have a bomb spreadsheet for all of the money in my Ally savings account and where it's allocated to and what percentage gets allocated to what. And so even though it was like all within my personal bank account, it very much. Now in Ally, you have buckets, but that wasn't a thing whenever I started my Ally account. It had a column that it was dedicated to, and it did not leave that column. Like It was neat and tidy and great and organized. Love spreadsheets for that. Officially became an LLC in 2019, I think. <laughs> that sounds about right. And still was tracking business finances through personal stuff. And then We got to 2020 and the pandemic, and I knew that I was getting towards the end of my ability to stay at my full-time job, and so knew that it was time to like make it officially official. And I remember there being one day where it was in the midst of me tracking when I was crying for work. Hmm. I was tracking the number of days I was crying, and I literally had like a nice morning anxiety attack and cry, and I was like... I need a business bank account. <laughs> so there was, there's, I have such vivid memories. I put on the song Super Bloom by Mr. Waves. Great one. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, like, pick yourself up, you've got this girl type of song. And had that song on repeat as I drove on over to a local bank and walked in and was like, I need my business bank account. And they're like, great. Do you have these documents with you? And I said, I do not. I will be back this afternoon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was the start of my business bank account. When you went back, did you listen to Super Bloom again as well? Oh, the whole, like literally (laughs) the whole day. That was the only song. I really wish I could go back and look at my uh, Spotify data (laughs) because uh, that day and like pretty much every single day for the next like at least three weeks, I listened to that song at least once a day, but if I'm going to be truthful, probably on average about like 10 times a day, like on repeat, <laughs> like, like psyching myself up. 
And there was so much peace of mind whenever I separated my bank accounts. I started with a checking account and two savings accounts. So checking account for all of the money going in and out, a savings account for taxes, a savings account for profit, because I've been working as a business coach, already had like my profit first spreadsheet set up and just had to like transfer it to like just be my business. All of 2020, I was just tracking everything on a spreadsheet, but I knew that I didn't want to keep track of my business finances. Like that was just not a task that I wanted to do. So I found Matthew, who's my bookkeeper. And I think I hired him end of 2020. Like I knew that that was not something I wanted to do. So I had him like before I even jumped ship from my full-time job. And he uses QuickBooks to track all of my business finances. He sends me an income statement and a balance sheet at the end of every month. And then at year end, I truthfully couldn't tell you what my login is to QuickBooks. It's somehow linked to his account, which is linked to my bank accounts. He handles everything. He emails or texts me with questions. If like there's an odd charge in there, I still track everything in my Google sheet though, (laughs) because my revenue varies so much that I need to keep kind of a pulse on my percentage of revenue that is, that goes out for expenses because it varies a lot. And so I just have to like keep a pulse on that. And so I like to keep track of that myself where usually every two weeks or so I go into my business checking account and like type in like the vendor, the date, the vendor, the amount, and then have like some columns that has like equations where it like pulls out. And so I can always see like my running balance of like what's in my checking and like out of the money that's in my checking, like what's set aside to pay me and what's set aside to pay my design assistant and what's set aside for expenses. Woo. That sounds like a lot. (laughs) I feel like I just like talked for an hour. I know it wasn't an hour, but yes, that's, so that's what I, that's what I currently use to track my finances. Um, I love the peace of mind of spreadsheets. I am so particular that if like numbers are off by a penny in my spreadsheet, like I print things out and I'm going through everything like line by line. I'm making a face. I know you are. What was that face for? <laughs> um, what if I told you that that's really getting in the weeds? I mean, it probably is, but I also only have a total of like 15 expenses a month. So it's not like it's that much. I just like, if the number in my spreadsheet doesn't match what's actually in my checking account, like I know that I made a mistake somewhere and that drives me bonkers. Truthfully, I do it for my personal finances too. (laughs) I like, Um, I like all of my numbers to match. It gives me peace of mind. I totally, I totally get that. And I think we all have elements of rituals and things that we do to, especially with money, money is like the biggest. Do we want to, do we, is that like the, probably a little bit of scarcity mindset? It could be in some ways. Um, and the thing that I wonder too, is like, do the pennies matter? That's what, like, if you were off by like hundreds of dollars, I'd be like, what the fuck? But if I was off by under a hundred dollars, I wouldn't worry about it again. Scale of business probably matters as well. And like you said, if, if you only have so many expenses to go through, maybe it, maybe it doesn't matter as much of like, nope, not going to take me that much time to just see what happened. But I would ask you if you were to grow your design company and hire more people, like how would that feel to be in the weeds like that? I probably wouldn't be, I'd probably just follow whatever Matthew was doing and trust that those numbers are right. Totally. Because at that point, like, I don't want to put brain space towards it. I know I should because I'm the business owner. I should probably track my finances, but. I think this kind of speaks to why we're having this conversation and looking at different types of businesses, size of businesses, because there's different stages where different things work for you. Um, I definitely did the same thing when I was a solo clinician in having spreadsheets and being like so rigid, but I was actually talking with a business coaching client this morning who I was telling them a little bit about using a biller and how that has changed so much of how I interact with money 
as far as I'm no longer checking to see if copays were ran, deductibles were ran, cards were ran. I just can't. My, I trust and I have to trust and I've, there's been earned trust for my biller to do all of that for me. And what I realize is they collect money faster than I do. Revenue is pretty on point. If there is any snafus that are, you know, plus or minus half of a percent, it still makes more sense for them to do everything because they're still bringing in more revenue collecting wise than if I were doing it, to be honest. And that's where the discrepancy, I'm not too worried about it. Right. There probably is some little snafus. Totally. And you naming like the difference in scale of our businesses, I think is like totally valid. Like I am single person with, and I don't have daily money coming in. I'm not working with someone to collect money. Like I usually have like a big chunk of money that comes in once a week, once every other week from a 50% payment or 25% payment from a client project. My expenses are very minimal. I'm only paying myself and a design assistant. And then I have like my tech stuff. So we're talking on my statement sheet. There's like 40 transactions. That's what I'm looking for. 40 transactions for each month. Do you probably have more than 40 transactions in a day? So I'm a like really minimal 60,000 in revenue for the year kind of person. And you are pushing seven figures in revenue with a lot of people on your team and many, many charges every single day. If each clinician is seeing multiple clients a day. 100%. Very different. Yeah. Very different. I can't even fathom my mind on money. If I was running a business model like yours. Me neither. That's why my biller does it. (laughs) That's why you have a biller. So you have a biller. I'm just kidding. I'm totally in QuickBooks all the time being rigid as fuck. Like I was talking about in, um, our check-in today of looking at numbers from last year versus this year. And that's one of the reasons that I like QuickBooks is being able to look at that data really cleanly. Cause it's more of a report than a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And so it just helps me make decisions and calm my brain, my silly little brain. And there's less room that's for human I'm- error in QuickBooks. Cause it literally links to your bank account. Yes. Okay. But before we dive into all of the nitty gritty, Tell us about your journey with tracking your business finances. Okay. And I know it probably sounds like I was being like, Morgan, why are you doing that? When I used to fucking do that shit for probably the first (laughs) three years of my business. So it definitely was not in like a, why are you doing that kind of way? It's like a, let's explain it. So we understand like where the structure of your business versus maybe a group practice owner who's listening, or maybe someone who has a multiple person business or something just Mm -hmm all the options out there. Um, when I started in my solo practice and made less than $20,000 the first year, I definitely only had a spreadsheet. And all I would do is basically add in what I spent and just like threw it in a spreadsheet, the messiest spreadsheet. I was actually looking in my email earlier to see if I could find it. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Um, it probably got lost in the internet ether probably for the best, but I was just like, oh, let me just put these charges in the spreadsheet so that if I want to drag my cursor over all the columns or the rows and add it up, I can do that. Whatever. They're somewhere. Here they are. Yay. Whenever I started working with my accountant, I want to say 2019. Yes. 2019, we started working together probably in like the fall. 2020 was like, oh, you got to get QuickBooks. And I was like, cool. Okay. What's QuickBooks? And so I'm really glad we had that conversation and they had me start it at the beginning of that year because now I have, you know, we're in 2023, I have 2020, 2021, and 2022 to compare to this year and just look at the growth and the changes. And that's really awesome. And it's, you know, you can do that in a spreadsheet. You can have a tab for 2020, 2021, 2022, or wherever you are in your business going forward. But nothing quite pulls data in the same way, like you were saying, as QuickBooks, where you can link your bank accounts and credit cards and et cetera. Anyway, I'm a little bit off track. Circling back to where I started, was in a spreadsheet for a good three years before kind of got a a gentle nudge from my accountant who was like, you're making my life hell doing your bookkeeping in your spreadsheets. (laughs) And I was like, fair enough, let's go. What I do 
like to use spreadsheets for is forecasting and playing around with numbers and just having a place to dump. It's almost like a playground for me of like, well, as you guys know, when I get in my anxious places and I like to crunch numbers, this can take place in a spreadsheet or it can take place in my journal, which has been happening again recently, which is so annoying. And again, it comes back to the cash flow stuff and me being like, are we okay? We're okay. But I also do that in a spreadsheet of like, okay, if each of my clinicians is seeing X amount of clients and they're bringing X number of this money per client, and they see this many clients for this many weeks of the year, here's the amount that goes to them. Here's the benefits, et cetera. Like, I just love to crunch those numbers over and over to relieve my anxiety. It's always the same freaking numbers every time people, I don't know why I keep doing it, but that's what I like to use spreadsheets for. So it's not necessarily tracking things in real time. It's more hypotheticals for me. Do you crunch numbers of like worst case scenario? This is it. Yep. Yeah. I do those. And then I do best. Ooh, I love that. Oh my gosh. When I do best, I'm like, wow, we're going to hit seven figures this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't do, have I done best? Actually, now that I think about it, yes, I have done best case scenario as well, but I usually tend to focus on worst case scenario because I just need to know like the minimum and like anything above that. I'm like super happy with. (laughs) (laughs) I love to be cautious and then pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yes. Totally get that feeling as well. Um, sometimes it's hard to look at the best case scenario, knowing that you may not be able to, to reach that. Mm-hmm. But what I will say last year, whenever I crunched numbers and I, I think I said, quote unquote, worst case scenario is we would hit 500,000 in revenue and best case scenario, we would do a 750,000 in revenue. We did closer to the 750,000 in revenue last year. So that was pretty Yay. cool. That That's does not cool. mean profit or anything as far as like. Where we're at up. net. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Net. But it's still fun to see that number. Totally. Yeah. Looking at looking at revenue before expenses are taken out is really fun. It is. It's and like then the expenses are taken out and you're like, bam, there it all goes. Yep. You're like, I have one dollar. That's perfect. That's all I need. Perfect. I didn't lose money. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of my trajectory. Um yeah. I kept it very, very short and sweet of, I did use spreadsheets. I now use QuickBooks and I still use spreadsheets as far as just number dumping and calculations and forecasting and playing with things and doomsdaying and best case scenario daying. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my spreadsheet right now and I like the three, I have three tabs for each year. So like right now I have my 2023 profit first tab, which is where it has like the date, the transaction, the transaction amount, and then um, split in between like operating expenses, salary, taxes, and profit. And kind of just like keeping, that's right. My like a little bit of a neurotic, like not penny pinching, but like penny observant, we'll call <laughs> penny, <laughs> penny curious, penny curious uh, <laughs> mindset lives. And then I have my 2023 income statement and I might actually link this in the show notes for anyone wants it because I really like this. Basically, my bookkeeper gives me my income statement at the end of every month and I just go put in the numbers here, but I really like having it all in one spot. So I have like each column is a different month and then I have like a section for revenue, a section for expenses a section for net operating income and then total amount that I pay myself because I pay myself 49% of all revenue. And then I have a one where it calculates my expense percentage each month. Just so like I mentioned before, my revenue varies a lot. And so just to keep tabs on that. Um, And then it totals everything at the end. So it's a really nice, like quick glance. And then I have a tab of my 2023 projections where I actually go in and update it as I get clients. But at the beginning of the year, I set a goal to have two branding and web design clients start each month on the first week and the third week of the month to stagger their start dates. Um, That's like the best, that's like where I'd be happy. I don't actually want to take more than that until I'm able to pass off clients to Carolyn, my assistant designer. 
And yeah, I just kind of keep tabs on that like beginning of every month, but I usually don't look at that tab too much. When your accountant provides the income statement, what program do they use for that? QuickBooks. Okay. So you can pull that yourself too. Totally. I totally could, but it's nice that I don't have to go in there and I just get on the first of every month, a beautiful PDF dropped into my inbox. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. He uses QuickBooks and it's truly awesome. I, I, if I wanted to go in there and look at all my stuff, I could, but it's also one of those things where like, I kind of want to out of sight, out of mind it because I know he's taking care of it, which is probably why I'm a little more neurotic with like tracking everything in my profit first tab because I don't go look in QuickBooks. Okay. I, I want to challenge save you a lot of time to not do that and go look in QuickBooks. I want you to start looking in your QuickBooks. That's your goal for the month, for is every there month. A way to, but this is why I like tracking and spreadsheet is because I have all my profit first percentages out. And so I'm able to like track that through equations. Is there a way to put like what my percentages are for profit first in QuickBooks? Not currently that I know of. I've actually had this conversation with a few people that I've done some like money coaching with Mm because they have the same question. And that's where I'm like, no, but what you could do is look at your statement because QuickBooks is real-time data, right? right? It's what's actually happening, not... um. So for example, with private practice folks who are insurance, QuickBooks for the month of March isn't the appointments you had in March. It's most likely the money you got paid in March from your February appointments. And so I always find it's helpful to think about the cash you get on hand in the moment versus what you anticipate getting because that's just the real numbers. And so what you could do is look in QuickBooks, look at your expenses, look at your net revenue and look at your profit. And put those three numbers in a spreadsheet and take percentages from there. Or even you could start with your total revenue at the top and then kind of match it up with what's going on in QuickBooks. So that's a way you could do it easily without having to put all the expenses into Quick or into your spreadsheet, add them up and find your expenses from there. You can look in QuickBooks for that number real quick to pull it. Hmm. Okay. Play with it. Let us know. I, I'm thinking about it now. I I don't think it's gonna be one of those things where like I don't ever want to manage my own QuickBooks. I want someone else to manage and assign things. Oh yeah, I don't do that. Expense categories for me, but yep. yeah, I think there could definitely be some benefit of seeing like the real time data. I think that's a really important distinction. I don't think anyone should manage their own QuickBooks. I think that is not a good use of your resources. Do it in the beginning to be scrappy if you know how to bookkeep, but then hire that out as soon as you can. I am in QuickBooks often. I don't touch any of the labeling of expenses or making sure things are properly categorized. That's what my accounting and bookkeeping team does. I just go in there to pull the data and look at the data and compare it to last year and try not to panic when cash flow is low. (laughs) That is my cycle of QuickBooks. Yeah. No, that sounds like it would be helpful. I'm going to challenge myself to play around with that. And well, first of all, I need to figure out what my QuickBooks login is. And then as soon as I have that, I will do it. I will say you mentioned getting scrappy. QuickBooks does cost money. Yes. And so if you need to be scrappy, but have like, what is it like $29 a month to spare? Something like that. Yep. I'm going to look it up. If you need to be scrappy and you're like, I don't have $29 to spare right now. That's when you use spreadsheets. Spreadsheets is is a great place to start if you just need something to track it. And using a spreadsheet to track your finances is better than not tracking your finances at all. 1000%. Also, QuickBooks is running a special right now where your first three months are 50% off. So you can get the simple start for $15 a month. Oh, Mm -hmm. looky there. Yep. All right. And okay, here's how I think of things too. Let's say you do pay, we'll say $30 a month for 12 months. That's $360 a year. They usually do a little bit of discount if you do the annual subscription. Four client sessions will pay for that for the whole year. I always think of that too of like, okay, how many client sessions do I need or does someone need in order to like pay off that expense? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then break it down further, right? Quarterly, you need less than $100. That's right. one client session. Yeah. Less than one client session. 
to have three months of data where everything is in there for you. You don't have to enter in a spreadsheet. How is that saving you time to maybe see another client on your caseload to make up for that expense? And if you're like, what the fuck is QuickBooks? And I don't even know what you're saying. We do have a webinar being released. (laughs) We probably should have started with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got to tell them at the end. Yes. We are recording a webinar for you. 29 bucks. If you want to see how we utilize QuickBooks, I'll kind of be heading it. And I'll walk you through everything you need to know, how you can look at the numbers. You can see my numbers in there, which is always kind of fun. I remember when my business coach did that and showed me his and I was like, holy fucking shit. My baby business is so tiny (laughs) compared to yours. Um, That's how I feel right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Not in like a bad way. Everybody's businesses are so different, but um, my business coach is business is, oh my God, 10 times, 20 times bigger than mine at this point. It's fucking insane. So yes, for the QuickBooks webinar, TBD, if you see my QuickBooks webinar, if you see my QuickBooks or not, because I need to figure out how to use it first. But honestly, (laughs) like no one's going to be super interested in like my design studio. I'm happy to share it. But like, (laughs) if we're going to be really honest, like it's your QuickBooks that people are going to want to see. And we hosted a business workshop in the fall. And one of my favorite things that you did was just like hold up your QuickBooks in the middle of the finances workshop. And that was the most engaged that people were. And it was so cool to see because you you pulled up your QuickBooks and you pulled up your bank account. I was going to say, I'm pretty (laughs) sure I pulled up my bank accounts too. And everybody was like, what? Yeah, it was incredible getting to like one I'm just a nosy human so I just oh me too that's why I do business coaching I'm like let me see what's going on in your business (laughs) yes so webinar by the time this launches the webinar will be coming out this week it's gonna be incredible if it's anything like what you showed in the workshop your mind's gonna be blown I'll show you the goods when you purchase this webinar. So whatever stage of business you're in, use a spreadsheet, use QuickBooks. I am just going to gently love on you and say, as soon as you can afford QuickBooks, do it. Your future self will thank you because then you'll have data to look back on and you'll be like, yay, totally get, we got to be scrappy sometimes, but there's a place for both. You can use spreadsheets for calculating. You can use it to brain dump. You can use it to put your data in. You can use it for profit first. Forecast um, and projections. Yes. And then QuickBooks, it's automatically going to pull your data for you from your credit card, from your bank accounts. All that's going to be stuff. consistent. You're going to get the same format year nice over year. Report. Yeah. It is chef's kiss. Thanks for listening to the Way Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with the business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.